Welcome to the Playing the Game podcast with your hosts, Brock White and Cody Ransom. This podcast is the place for all things baseball, hunting, and entrepreneurship. These two guys have put in the work and have the stories and advice to back it up. Brock is a longtime business owner, and Cody played pro ball for over 18 years. Driven deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. A long home run for Cody Ransom. The one thing that brings these two guys together is hunting. Babe Ruth said it best. Never allow the fear of striking out to keep you from playing the game. This is the Playing the Game podcast. Presented by Rolly White RV. Yo. Welcome to Playing the Game Podcast. I'm Brock White, your host, and my your other host over here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. It's Cody. So, today is September 8th, and it is the last day for archery deer season here in Arizona. Oh, you had to bring that up to me. And what are we doing? Did we go out? Not a single time. Oh, I didn't go out either, so I don't have any room to talk trash. You went to other places, though. I did go to one other place, yes. Mm-hmm. But now I get to live with the rest of my life thinking about this giant buck that I shot, I missed. In Alberta. In Alberta. Yeah. I get to think about not seeing anything for a couple of weeks because I didn't go. What's worse, being haunted by a missed shot? I would rather miss. Or I would rather be haunted by the missed shot because you had an opportunity to go out yeah. and be in it and get better and experience it and just be out there. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't go because I didn't have enough free time to go, so that was a problem. Yeah, that's a bummer. It really is. We're going to have to fix that. Well, every time I think I quit something to get more time, Something else it gets filled up. and it gets busier, and I'm not really sure why that's happening. I'm not very good at that. I gotta fix it. I remember when I was doing night school mm-hmm. and working full time, running the lot, mm-hmm. and then go to school. I was like, I can't wait for school to be over. Once I got my bachelor's, because then I'm gonna have this extra free time. Yeah. And for some reason, there was no extra free time. There was less time, probably. I just I ended up working more. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't have to go to school. Just kind of weird how that works. Yeah. I think ours has been filled a lot with, uh, I mean, it's good stuff. You know, the kids stuff. And got to go see my daughter up at school over the weekend and so, or the other day. And How was that? It's great, man. She's doing awesome. Happy for her. She's pumped. She's starting? She is. Yeah. As a freshman. So, that's, you know, I'm just... That was the least of my kind of concern, whether she was going to start or not. It was just kind of how she's uh, going to adapt to being away from home and being at school, and was she just going to make it through it or kind of, kind of, you know, excel and, like, kind of come out of her shell and kind of be. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where she's at right now, and it's kind of cool to watch. The um, coaching staff up there is just incredible. We got to talk to them and the athletic director, and, uh, you know, they came up to my wife and I and, you know, talked quite a bit while we were there for the one day. And yeah. <laughs> and, um, 
just getting to to watch, you know, it was kind of kind of sweet. It's it's a blast. But um, the teammates are really cool, and she's kind of you know clicked with them, and so it's it's just a great situation. Like I'm really happy about the decision she made, and for her, and um, you know, I, I it was beautiful up there. Yeah, yeah, that's really. Every time I go there, I like it more and more, and so you're like, why? Why do we live in a place that I know I live here? It's literally like paint comes off the side of cars. It's so hot mm-hmm. for three months, but for the other nine, I'll take it. I know. I'm looking at like this n- next t- seven day forecast, and there's a couple days under triple digit. under a hundred. Yeah. So I'm like, yes. Yeah, like Saturday's what ninety six or something, ninety seven. Yeah. So I, if we can get out and get the arms on the trailer fixed, I'm, I think I'm gonna try and take it up this weekend. Yeah. So yeah, guys, I I screwed up, man. Or I guess I don't know. <laughs> I was driving down the freeway, had the trailer out at uh, some games this weekend, cooked out, and let the kids hang out in it between games, and AC was on and college football, and it was like. Pretty sweet. It was pretty awesome. It was great. It was yeah. Exactly what you were hoping for. Um, close. Yeah. yeah. Once we get the Traeger mounted and all the stuff on the back, yeah, it'll be golden. Plus, the weather needs to get a little nicer. Yeah, it right was now, it was 113 this weekend. So you're have yeah. to run the AC, and it's still warm inside the trailer. Yeah, it was down to. I mean, the bedroom gets to 75 quick, but yeah. the uh, it was like I think 88 or something. In the yeah. everybody opens the door, closes it. A lot of people. Yeah. But um, yeah. On the way home, man, I, the awning just <laughs> came out. <laughs> came out and snapped against the trailer, and I don't know. Oh man, it was a disaster. Know. I'm not gonna lie. Well, you're not the first person to have an awning arm rip off. Yeah. But maybe the first one to have the awning rip off while driving. Yeah, I don't know. It was uh. That kind of was it. I double checked it, like before, triple check before, because we had a problem rolling it in. Yeah. Um. And so, like, like, I before I took off, I was like, okay, this is all the way in, all the way in. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, man, I got, like, four miles down the freeway, and this, I had some lady honking next to me. I looked back, and... Things just flopping. I looked through the, you know, the, the camera off the back. I turned it on. Yeah. You know, the, the rear camera, and I see this tarp just blowing behind the trailer. I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. So I had to pull off the side of the trailer and hang off the top of it for... Took me a good hour and a half to get it. I had to cut shoelaces out of my shoes and tie stuff off, and it was a good time. That, yeah, that's not fun. It's all right. A little, you know, it's redneck ingenuity got it fixed. You know what's hopefully never going to happen again? That. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's all right. I I'll figure out a way to tie it in, and just in case, and yeah, plan ahead for it, I guess. But yeah, some people put little zip ties on their arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As they're traveling, just mm-hmm. in case, because they've had experience like you do. Yeah. So, they've, you know, just when they're going on long road trips, they'll put zip ties on. But. Yeah, I've got shoelaces out of Jordan's tight on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but, you know, nobody got hurt, so didn't tear up any other cars. That's always we're good. really lucky about. So, we are, uh, it's good. It's fine. Uh, we'll, get it, we'll get it all fixed up. Yeah. And Jordan, your son's playing football. He is, yeah. They they started last night. He uh, 
He's got the uh, his first game was last night. Yeah, first game was last night. They play. He's on the freshman team, and they played some Saguaro's like JV team, I guess. Because uh, man, that was that was uh, they got yeah. their ass kicked. They're older. Uh, the oh, they were. They, they looked like t- they had like eleven players that were double rostered on varsity and JV playing against freshmen. Like it was kind of a. Why are they doing? I'm that? Not really sure. I mean it. Whatever we we got better from it, I think, but yeah, it was uh it was ugly. But he's he's suffering uh, dealing with some severs. You know what severs is? Severs no. disease. So it's uh it's on the heel and your Achilles and I guess calf tendon, Achilles tendon are starting to pull off the bone. So yeah. it's a lot of people think it's uh, plantar fasciitis, but it's basically on the other side. So yeah. it's kind of the heel pulling the other way. Yeah. Super, super painful. So, trying to <clears throat> have him limp through it. <laughs> no pun intended, but yeah, yeah, he's um, just just trying to manage the pain right now. And it's you know it's going to go away, but he's growing fast, just, and his yeah. feet are growing fast, and calves are probably a little weak compared to yeah. There's nothing you can really do about that. Not a lot. I mean, there's some <clears throat> some stretches and treatment, and you know exercises or whatever, but. There's uh they say heel cups might help and trying to shorten the the Achilles a little bit. Yeah. And uh there's actually an orthotic out, but uh I just reached out to him yesterday there in California. Yeah. And it's an orthotic that um basically the last maybe inch of the of the orthotic is cut out so your foot doesn't hit doesn't come in contact with it. Yeah. So it just kind of floats so there's no but I'm just I'm worried about that causing Something else. Yeah. <clears throat> so the biggest thing is probably they'll probably put him in a boot and tell him <laughs> tell him to sit around for a while and I don't know if let him let it heal on its own and keep it stop aggravating it. Yeah, I think that's probably the best thing to do, but it's not something that he's very good at. <laughs> well, he's a kid, he wants to run around and play. Yeah. He's gonna be yeah, the boot's not gonna do it. He's gonna be out hitting B P with a boot on. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, he's out throwing. He'll can't, be playing you first can't you can't play anything with a boot on first base? Maybe you can hobble over there. You can get in the weight room. Yeah, you can get in the weight room. That's all that matters. Yeah. Speaking of weight room, you got a couple of day going, huh? Yeah, we've been. Um, we started seventy five hard. Me, mm. you know, you've been doing it for a long time. Off and on, yeah, I did. I'm in phase <clears throat> the third time doing a 30-day one right now. So phase, I guess that's phase three. So everyone, I feel like, on the 75 hard struggles with different things, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, reading's not a problem. Mm-hmm. I read daily, you know, read a lot of news articles. and So that's not a big deal for me. Um then there's, uh, you know, no alcohol. That's not a big deal either. I don't drink. Mm-hmm. Two workouts a day, okay. Now we started getting the tough things, right? So at first that was tough, but really I just do one in the morning, one in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I, for a while I was incorporating shooting my bow. And in between, you know, sh- shoot around, then do some push-ups, sit-ups, air squats, just keep doing that over and over and over, you know, mm-hmm. and 
So that seemed like that helped me out get started. The water is not too big of a deal. I drink a lot. <coughs> Finding a diet that I can stick with constantly, that's... That's a tough one for everybody. Yeah. So I've definitely fallen, right, on the diet side, everything else I've done. But um, the way I'm looking at it is... I'm just going to start a new lifestyle. So it's not about 75 hard. It's just about, sure, I'll count the days. Mm -hmm. We'll get 75 repped out. But mm -hmm. even after that, I'm just going to continue. Yeah. That's, so. that's the only way that stuff ever sticks. Yeah. You know, New Year's resolutions and, uh, you know, short-term goals like that are are great. But they that's when people kind of fall back into old habits. Yeah, like the diet, like. I've done all these different diets, and I've lost a lot of weight with different ones. Mm -hmm. But every time I transition back or whatever, or, like, you get this diet plan, and they give you the food, right? Mm -hmm. At some point, I don't care who you are, you're going to get sick of the food. Mm -hmm. You know, there's probably two or three meals you like, and then you eat those two or three meals, and then after, like, 60 days of eating the same thing, you're, like, done. You never want to see it ever again. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, so you try to transition back, and then you gain more weight than when you started. Yeah, it's really weird how all that happens. And I felt like, you know what? All I was doing was destroying my metabolism because they have you on, like, you know, if you do Metafast, if you do Red Mountain Weight Loss, they have you eating 1,000 calories a day. So I don't care who you are. If you eat 1,000 calories, you're going to lose weight. Yeah, especially if you're a 200-and-some-pound male. Yeah, you're going to lose like a ton of weight. It's just not attainable. But it's not sustainable, right? Yeah, that's what but, I meant. Sorry. Yeah, you're not sustainable. Like, you're going to eventually start eating again, right? And then, Especially if you're active. Like, I mean, you have to have fuel yeah. to, to keep you going. You know what I mean? So the way I look at it is a lot like what you talked about is 80-20, 80% being good, mm -hmm. you know, veggies, protein, and then have those moments where, like, hey, I want to eat a French fry. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a cheat. It's part of the diet, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, well, that's accounting That's the for plan it. that you've made. Yeah. Yeah. It's part. If you go over 20%, then that would be cheating, right? Yeah. So, like, it, you know, I, so I watched a Kobe – Brian interview and it said um, like there's no negotiating the deal was made right so yeah. like he signed a deal with himself his own contract like every off season and so this was what he was going to do for training this is you know whatever and he signed the contract and like if he broke the contract obviously there was whatever repercussion there was but but that was it like there was no oh, I don't want to get up today or no I want to do this. So that's, I mean, that's the discipline that it took for him to be who he was. He had to commit to himself. Yes. Once he said, I'm in, he was in. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I actually started doing that when it came to like 75 hard or a meal plan. Like I figured, okay, I, I signed up for it. This is the deal. Yeah. Right. And we're, oh, what about, you know, I'm a sucker for sweets. Yeah. Like love them. Yeah. That's my downfall. 
like sign the deal. Like yeah. that's not part of it, right? It's not part of the deal. You don't get it. You don't get it. Yeah. You can have it in seventy five days, or you can have it in thirty days, or whatever. But the deal is, you don't get them. So it really it, it makes it really easy for me because there's no like, oh well, if I just had that, like no, like there's no there's no okay, I can do that, and it's you know part of it. So I I do the eighty twenty, but it's you know my eighty is like basically a meat based or animal based diet, yeah. right? Is my eighty, and then the twenty is like. You know, if we go out to dinner, or, you know, I have a pizza or, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, if my wife wants to go out, we go out. Yeah. I don't drink. Um, so that's, you know, pretty simple. And yeah. so the other things are, are pretty easy, but the, I mean, the, the... The diet's the tough one. Yeah, it always is. I mean, there's so many things out there. And if, like, I eat a lot, like, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not passive about eating and I never have been. And for me, like... It's tough because I won't gain weight if I eat poorly. Like genetically, I'm not going to get fat. Yeah. Right? Like, so I don't have that. You get skinny. If I don't train, yes. Yeah, you get skinny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like I have to eat, I have to have the fuel, and I have to train, or I'm going to look smaller. I'm going to lose muscle. Like I'm, I'm going to drop weight, and that's not – where I want to be. So, um, like, you know, making a deal with myself is kind of like I signed a contract basically. And that was, you know, you just kind of follow up on it. Yeah. And it kind of, I guess it makes it a lot easier. Cause there is no like, Oh, well, what if I just do this? Cause there's no, what if. Yeah. And so, I don't know. No, I, like I love, it. I love watching those videos and talk about it though. Cause it, it kind of Brad puts you in check. Uh, Kobe. Kobe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it shows you what level of commitment he has, right? Yeah. I kind of not do the same, but, like, if someone asked me to do something, like, so when Brad asked me to do the, do this with him, at first I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, I'm going to work out and do stuff, but I don't know if I want to commit to that. And he's, like, kept texting me, like, hey, man, you can do this, you know. So I thought about it really hard. I'm like, could I do this, you know? I didn't want to just say yes and, mm-hmm. and not do it and not put a good effort into it. So I actually told him, give me two days to think about it. And I, I said, yes, I'll do it. And <coughs> now, you know, like last night after the workouts, I was like, man, my, my body's like smoked. It's been a while since I felt like just exhausted mm-hmm. from working out. So it was a good feeling. Yeah. What are you, are you what are you doing for recovery? You doing the cold stuff? No, they should, huh? It's part of the thing, isn't it? Oh, I didn't know. I thought it was just those things. So what? I you, think it's part of the. You I can't remember if that's the. Water? I can't remember if that's the seventy five or the phase one. So what's the? Uh, it's like cold ten minutes of cold exposure. Oh. Whether it's a plunge or cold shower or contrast or whatever it may be, I can't remember so what's, off the top of my. I mean, head. a lot of people do that. What is the purpose mm-hmm. of that? Well, so I think we've talked on here before. Is uh, like I, I saw Bert. He did a yeah. Like a, a rock He's got his kids going through it right now. Like seventy, he did a like seventy-five pounds rock for four or five miles, mm-hmm. and then he jumped in. You know, the freezer full of water. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it kind of depends on who you talk to, right? Like what 
what they think the benefit really is. For me, that is more of a mental kind of challenge or, or test yeah. than anything. Um, you know, icing forever was like the way to go, right? Yeah. Like workout ice. Yeah. You know, sore ice. Yeah. Well, things are like changed. It now. depends on who you talk to, right? So yeah. some people still believe in icing. Some say icing, uh, like inflammation is the body's way of healing itself, right? Yeah. So if you ice it, you kind of slow the healing process. So I like to use cold as contrast, right? Heat it up, cool it down, heat it up, cool it down. Cause then we're, we're kind of adding inflammation, then we're taking it away, adding it, taking it away. So it's, it's like making that cycle go through faster, right? Of the, of the, the natural cycle is making it happen faster. Yeah. Um, for me, it works. Ice, I never, never worked for me. Like, oh, you're sore, ice it. Never, ever did that work for me. Because for me, it just kind of shuts down the healing process, numbs it long enough for you to go play or do whatever you want to do, but it doesn't make it any better. Yeah. Um, the cold plunges and the cold showers are more, I mean, it, it does some things physiologically, like to your body, um, but for me, it's more of a mental thing. Like, if I can go sit in cold water for 10 minutes, I can kind of do anything. Yeah, so they, they buy these freezers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they well, and what some are, are freezers now, but... What do they do? They fill them up with water? You fill them with water, and they freeze, basically. And then how do they... Like, is the whole thing frozen? It's cold. Uh, it depends. you got to set it right above freezing. Yeah. You know, like 34 degrees so to can, 42 degrees or whatever. F- you got to get a freezer. No, they make these uh, these cryo tubs. Like, Miami Rogan's got one that you've probably yeah. seen, and I think Bird's got the same one. But a lot of people get the chest freezers. Yeah. And just set it right above freezing. And, um, I mean, but troughs with ice in them, people use everything, right? Yeah. Um, but it's it's a shock to your system. Well, like, I know Joe, he'll go, he'll jump in, you know, do his cryo freeze and then jump into, right after that, he goes into the steam room. Yeah, he's got his sauna set super high. And, and so he goes back and forth. He says it, it's like... <laughs> trippy like yeah it it does a lot of stuff like you know on a cellular level you know but it there's i mean there's some people that will tell you that it's the greatest thing ever and it extends longevity and you know all that good stuff right red light therapy sauna steam whatever and then cold yeah and they've been doing it forever all over the world and then so you do the sauna first then cold Depends on who you ask. That's what I'm saying. There's like, there's so many different opinions on it. Yeah. And it's like, who's right? Who's wrong? It's for, for me, it's whatever works best. So when I would do it, I would do, um, I would go cold first. Cause after work, you want to wait a couple hours after you train to do this from what I've read. You don't want to do it right after. Immediately after is not from what I've read is not the way to do it. But I've heard it is the way to do it, too, when you talk to people. But the people that I trust that I've read say it's not the way to do it. And it, from my personal experience, it's better if I wait. Mm. Now, I would do it prior to a workout in the morning. Like uh, when I was going in, when I was working with the D-backs, I would go work out at 5. Mm-hmm. So I would I would jump in the tub, the cold tub first. Yeah, Kind of shocks your system, wakes you up. And then I would go one minute, one minute, one minute, one minute for back. 10 minutes back and forth. One minute hot tub? 
One minute. Cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot. I would finish in hot and then go work out. And then after the day, I would finish in cold. I would just go 10 minutes cold or 15 minutes cold or whatever. That's after cold. and then done for the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, at night, if you finish in hot, it kind of helps you go to sleep. In the morning, I like to finish in cold because it would kind of wake me up and help me get going. Yeah. Um, red light saunas for me have been... So, my wife has a red light therapy thing. Like, on the wall? It's or is like she like, the sauna? Okay. Yeah, so, red light therapy's pretty cool like a lot of the the studies now are showing that like for guys especially it can really help increase testosterone and yeah and gh levels and stuff like that and um same as sun you know i mean it's basically like getting sun exposure but it's it's like healthy it's not gonna sunburn you yeah cause cancer well i think that probably remains to be seen because i don't know how much testing we have on it yeah but does the sun so. cause cancer? If you have this, this this goes into the whole thing of who you're asking, right? Yeah. Like, is it the sun that causes it or sunscreen that causes it? I think is it burning that causes it or just exposure? You know, I like, think if you have like a lot of moles, then you're more, you know, apt. I'm also, you know, here's the thing: like, I'm kind of a hippie when it comes to like sunscreen, and also I don't wear it. Well, and also, the, you know, the after-sun lotion? Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of against that in general because if you look on the back of the bottles, they usually have alcohol in them. Mm-hmm. What does alcohol do? Dry your skin out. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't believe in any lotion because all the lotions have alcohol in it. So you put that, this lotion on, and then your, dr- your skin feels drier after you put it on. Mm-hmm. And then you keep having to put it on. It's just like, and now you have to buy more. I think it's like a scam. The lotion places I you use. think. So I'm. I've always get, been against lotions, and I have this theory. Like any time that I get sunburnt, and I go put like after sun care on, like the after sun lotion and all that stuff, I always peel. When I don't put anything on, sometimes I do have a aloe vera plant. You can put that stuff on. That stuff's natural. Money. Yeah. But when I, if I use that, that's fine. But if I don't use anything, I usually don't peel. It's like legit. Like, so my wife, when we were in Bora Bora, I got burnt out there. Mm-hmm. She got burnt. She put ton of stuff on every night. She was peeling before we left. I didn't peel. At all. I, I noticed that on the front of my arm, I peeled a little bit. But mm-hmm. it was like weeks after we were already home. It was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm right. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I think for me is I, if you gradually have exposure every day to the sun, you're going to have kind of a base Yeah. that's going to be harder to burn and harder to, you know, get through. I think burning is probably a, a huge cause of all the issues with the sun. Yeah. And you, prolonged exposure to un- like untanned white skin, like, or untanned whatever skin, right? When it's out in the sun, it doesn't yeah. get exposed to. Um, you don't get the vitamin D you need. Yeah, like there's not a base there, and the skin's not used to it. The pigment's not there, and it, it um, and that's when you burn, and that's you know, what causes all the issues. We're I gonna think, get but. some. Cr- we're 
We're going to get some DMs that are going to tell us how wrong we are. That's okay. It's just an opinion. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. It's, it's my opinion, too. I'm telling you what has worked for me and what hasn't. And I'm okay with getting DMs that tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am, and I want to know why. And if I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong. I just believe, like, I just tell people, look on the back of a, before you put lotion on your body, look at the ingredients. And if it has alcohol in it, don't put it on. Because alcohol dries your skin. Period. Mm-hmm. So why would you put alcohol on your skin when all it's going to do is cause you to have more dry skin? That's like the total opposite of what you're trying to achieve. Right. It's just crazy to me. Throw some coconut oil on there. There you go. And just go, yeah, get the real coconut stuff, rub it on, and that would probably be healthier. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely would be. Smell a little bit better also. Smell like you're on a beach. Yeah. Ready for an escape? Ready for an adventure? Do you want to camp, hunt, hit the dunes, or just relax on the beach? Ruly White RV is the number one toy hauler dealer in Arizona for the past five years running. With a no-pressure culture and no dealer fees, they guarantee you a great price and a great experience as you purchase your very own toy hauler or travel trailer. Rolly White is family-owned and operated and is now expanded to five locations, including Mesa, West Phoenix, North Phoenix, Flagstaff, and Idaho Falls, Idaho. Whether you're looking for a toy hauler or travel trailer, fifth wheel or bumper pole, Rolly White can get you what you're looking for. They carry all the big names, including Genesis Supreme, Vortex, Attitude, Wolfpack, Raptor, Forest River, and the newly released Wanderer by Genesis. We all want to beat the heat or just escape the craziness and get outdoors. Let Rolly White help you get there by visiting any of our locations or checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, and online at rollywhite.com. Tired of going different places to get all you want? Looking for a program that offers everything? Are you interested in training, nutrition, baseball, softball, after-school youth programs, hunting, or charity work? One Performance is an all-inclusive program that offers training, advising, instruction, and opportunity for everyone, from the beginner to the professional. With a staff compiled of some of the best in their fields, impressive backgrounds, and an unmatched passion for teaching and giving back, One Performance is the first of its kind in Arizona. With the connections and background we have in the baseball community on a local and national level, from T-ball to the major leagues, One Performance offers teams known as Arizona National BPA, opportunity for instruction, gameplay, and development in every aspect of the game, both physically and mentally. The staff at One Performance Training are some of the finest in their respective fields. They strive to educate, motivate, and assist every athlete in maximizing their abilities. Whether you're looking for an opportunity for a young athlete or a seasoned professional to surround themselves with like-minded coaches, mentors, and athletes, One Performance is the family you're looking for. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if not, just keep starting over and on starting over because then you're 400 days in and you, you know, yeah. started over 20 times. and I Try to do like a, you know, the one workout in the morning, one mm-hmm. workout in the evening. Try to have... One of those be like uh, shoot one of them, including shooting my bow. Mm-hmm. I want to start shooting my bow a lot more than I have. Mm-hmm. So, because obviously that's the like for us. I thought to my so I had like this little 
like I'm pretty good at shooting a bow, but I don't practice a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I practiced more, like three or four times a week, mm-hmm. I could be really, really good. But I'm not putting the effort into it. Right. So I told myself, you know what? I'm going to put the effort into it. I don't know why, but I just thought I could be at an elite level. I could be there if I put if I train hard for it. So you don't know why. That's great. It's it's not you like you give I'm yourself t- something to work towards though. Like everybody that's great at stuff, like is because they want to be and they put yeah. the work in. Like you're not just well, typically, wanna, typically you're not just great at something because you're great at it. I want to be elite in it because I feel like the talent's there and Every time I shoot a bow, usually it's I'm building up to something like, mm-hmm. okay, I got to hunt. Usually like a month before I start shooting and I build up mm-hmm. and I'm like, I shouldn't do, I should just be shooting year round. In case you get an invite to go tomorrow. Because like you're the, ready. when there's tack, right? Mm-hmm. Usually the tack event, I've maybe shot a couple days before mm-hmm. and I'm not even really ready for it. I just go do it. Mm-hmm. But so I just want to be elite in it and there's no like competition that i'm trying to shoot for or some like archery tournament it's just i want to do it for myself those are the best competitions you can be in are the ones with yourself yeah like i want to be able to right now i feel confident that you know anything 70 or under i could hit i would even unless it jumps to unless it decides to jump out of the way (laughs) then i was told that i need to shoot a faster bow (laughs) They're like, dude, you need to pull more weight, bro. I was like, I don't know if that's a problem. but <laughs> Not really sure that's it. Um, you know, I want to get to, like, where, hey, 110 and under, like, I'm, I'm, di- I'm dialed. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't say that right now. No. Would I fling an arrow at 100? Most definitely. Probably. No, you would. Because I'm, I'm definitely cocky like that. Like, I got this. If I can hit it from 50, I'll hit it from 100. Yeah. Which is the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, so I just I want to. It's be really there. hard to practice out to that far. You got around a, here. Yeah, you got to find a place. Like my house, you know, we can go from the basically the front gate to the back fence is like 107 yards. Yeah. But like, you got to thread a needle through some trees. You know what I mean? So it's well, not like you can't just stand there and practice either because the neighbors are going to call. What are you doing? Well, that's the problem too. Is like you know we're dealing with like six foot fences around here. Mm-hmm. And when you're shooting longer distance, when something goes bad, you're either going in the dirt or you're going high. You're going in somebody's backyard. So I don't, that is a little scary moment. I don't want to send an arrow in someone's backyard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, out to 70, I know that's not happening. Yeah. So why would it at 100? Maybe I didn't dial correctly or something. You know, I always worry about Confidence that. thing, you think? or I would definitely fling an arrow, but. No, I'm just asking, like, I, I don't know the answer. Why, what's the difference between 70 and 100 for well, you? My arrow starts to really drop. You know? Okay. But is it sighted in at 200? Do you have the right tape on? Yeah, it's the right tape. It should be good, you know? So that's the confidence thing, though. And that's what practice will give you. Yep, that's it right there. You know, it's like, well, if you haven't done it consistently, then you always got it in the back you of your mind. You have it back of your mind, the doubt. Yeah, you're like, well, I should be good, but I haven't shot out there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You know, So until you shoot, like, you know, 100 arrows down at 100, mm-hmm. you're like, okay. And know you're right there. 
I'm good. Because you aim the same, you pull the same. Yeah. You know, everything nothing, nothing's different. Yeah. Other than the confidence. And that's what like watching Dudley shoot like ten yards or hundred and ten, it's the exact same. And the confidence the exact same. Yeah, it's just your form, right? Your mm-hmm. form, repeatability, right. going through your steps. And I really worked on the process I have mm-hmm. when I shoot, you know, pulling back, anchoring, like just how I have step-by-step that mm-hmm. I do. I do the same thing every time, you know, and then I'm, I feel like I'm getting better that way, for sure. And then the pull, everything, it's just huge step. Mm-hmm. It's funny that when you're hunting, though, how fast you can do all those steps. Right. Like, or, you, or you hope you can. You're like, for some reason, like, because you're practicing so much out mm-hmm. here, you're like, step two, one, two, three, you go through all of them, and then you shoot. And then when you go hunting, it's got to be instinct, right? It's all built mm-hmm. in. So all those hundreds and hundreds of shots you took, like, now you just do it, you don't think about it. And it's weird because it happens so fast, and you're like, I got the pin on him. Wow, how do I get this? Yeah. How do I go that? I never go this fast. Well, it's like the game play of baseball or football or volleyball or soccer or whatever, right? You practice yeah. and practice and practice, so that the game's second nature. And then yeah, you just instinct. It's the same thing. You go through it in practice, and you're ready. And that's when it takes over. I remember listening to a guy like talk about hitting. You know, he he like he he does all this t work. He does all you know. Be, in the cage, he does all the stuff. He's working all of his, you know, steps and hitting. And they, some newspaper asked him, well, what steps do you go through when you get in the batter's box during a game? What goes through your mind? He said, nothing. All I'm, I'm seeing the ball and I'm hitting the ball. That's it. Because body should just take over then. It's all instinctive. Hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, I'm just going to get in there. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to hit the ball. Yeah, that's – especially if you're – the higher you get, the faster it moves. If you start to think, you're done. Like you can't you, think. No. You're just swinging. Yeah, you have to have have everything. By the time you get into the box set up, the practice has to, to take over, and then you react. Yeah, what's the uh, – do you know the, like, reaction time? Like, how long you have to react on a pitch? Uh, 90 miles an hour is, is point – like, point three seconds. Point three, yeah, so like three tenths of a second. That's how fast you have to recognize the pitch. Mm-hmm. Fastball, curveball, and swing, and swing, and mm-hmm. where it's at. You know, it's it's pitch recognition and swing. Yeah, and it's like it's so fast when you think about it like that. It's it's incredible that guys do what they do. Yeah, and they're really good at it. And it's even that fast. Like if you put a you know, Little League, right? You watch the Little League World Series and you get the kids throwing 70 miles an hour from 46 feet away. It's, it's the same reaction time. It's so everybody's like, all oh, these pro guys, right? But you get 12-year-olds doing the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, to me, that's super impressive. Kids that, like, I watched it firsthand and the reaction time of some of these kids and the ability to do what they do is just, it's insane, man. Yeah, because, like, they're young. Yeah. And then they 11, to, 12, 13 to be now. in the Little League World Series and have all that pressure barreling mm-hmm. down on you. U.S., you know, like some Little League team from, you know, some state, like Hawaii or whatever, versus some country. Right. It's not and like, Hawaii dominated this year. Really? Dominated everybody. Did they, who did they play in the? I don't even know who the final was, but. 
I remember it, seeing it didn't one matter. score. I remember one score, and they were like. I think it was, I want to say it was like, oh, man, Curacao or uh, like an island. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't even close. And then, like, the 15U USA team just went down and dominated everybody. Really? And won the gold medal. Do you have any? Two local kids from here, yeah. You had a kids in the team? Uh, no, not mine. They're, uh. What about the 14? One might be. What about the 14U? 14U. Did you have anyone on the 14U team? 14U doesn't have a USA team. Oh, so right. it's 12U and then 15U. 13 so and 14 in developmental years in USA baseball. So you have this upcoming year, you guys will you have a 15U team, right? I already had a 15U, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, we went from 10 to 18. Okay. Um, but we didn't have, of the of the 18 kids that went, we didn't have any. They two kids we play against from here often. Yeah. And then um handful of others that we play against a lot from like California, Texas, like around the country that we play against a lot and they're I mean, they're good, man. Yeah. Yeah, we had there were a couple kids that hit I think in the 90s, low 90s pitching, huh? 15, 15 years old. Yeah, for USA kids. Throwing some heat. From from uh, well, hard a kid from here. He goes out of Castile. He's he's ninety. He's uh, the freshman. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty special, man. He's like, I mean, six two, probably two hundred pounds. I don't know. He's a big kid, but yeah, yeah it's um, uh, they're just so good. Kids are just incredible. Like we weren't this good. No. The the top end kids, like I don't remember anybody being that good. It's different now. It's it really is. Like I mean, it's just uh, I'm in awe. Like we played over the weekend, and we've had a bunch of kids out at football, so they haven't played. My son included, and you know, they've been hitting off the tee and throwing and stuff, or hitting BP or whatever, and they come out and they face guys, you know, throwing eighty and whatever, and they just hit, and it's like, jeez, dude, like. <laughs> you haven't played how's your timing on how are you doing you know yeah. it's for me it's just it floors me every time I watch it but like I wasn't that good well these kids I wasn't even close we never played as much as these kids either true like we we had a it was you had a winter league team and a spring team right mm-hmm. and then when you got to like 12 right if you're good enough you got invited to play Sandy Koufax right that yeah. was that was the little league year too. All yeah. stars. You got invited to play all stars, and then Sandy Koufax. And to me, Sandy Koufax was kind of the club team, right? Traveled around, played. It was Koufax, and then they had I think Connie Mack and Mickey Mantle and Connie Mack. Yeah, and then those, those are gone. Yeah, it's too bad. Like I really liked a lot of that, and I liked what it was about. And, because club, there were a couple clubs. I think you probably remember, like the Garden of Gears, and um, I think there was one other Arizona's Finest or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's when we were growing up, and like those were the only two. Yeah. And like you traveled around and played, and you played the college teams, and you played, you know what I mean? And they were like those were the dudes, Paul Canerico, and like my age, right? Yeah. Guys that that played on those teams, and I didn't even sniff one of those teams. Yeah, there were some players on there, but now everybody claims to be that, and it's just not. Well, but overall, there's some there's some real talent, man. Dev, you know, it's like, how many kids did you know that 
had a lot of talent. They just didn't play. Yeah, they just played whatever sport was in season. Yeah, they just didn't play. Mm-hmm. They got caught up in football. They got caught up in basketball, mm-hmm. baseball. And you could say about any sport. Like, that kid in baseball would be really good in football, but mm-hmm. he never played football. Right. So it's like, well, there's so many kids that, you know, like, you, your program gives kids that don't have money the ability to play in a club. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you get, you have a charity guys, mm-hmm. which, you know, some of these higher-end clubs, like, you ain't, you ain't playing unless you're paying, right? Yeah, unless you're a really good player, and then they'll take care of you. Then they find a way, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the clubs, the, the top teams or the, the top players don't pay. And it's really caused a mess. You should make them play. Yeah. The reason that they don't is it's like a scholarship kind of yeah, and I don't know. I have a hard way. time with that, but it's the it's their way. It's so they can win. They want to win. Yeah, and they if they win, they get more people to yes. sign up, so they pay for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then the lower level teams play for the elite, higher level teams. Yeah. So that's why teams carry a lot more of the lower level. Yeah. By lower level, I mean like double A AA and triple A level here. Yeah. They'll carry a lot of them, like multiple at each age group, to help pay for the majors level teams. Yeah, and I just don't think that's right, man. You're just stealing people's money at that point. I just you're well, promising all this hope to those double AA, A, triple A teams, right? Now hey. the double A AA and triple A teams are getting better. Yeah. So they're getting an opportunity to play. So I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I have a problem for them paying for the other ones. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Like it's almost I, like a tax. Yeah, they're getting taxed kinda. for these guys up here. Mm-hmm. Now, it, not all the, all the clubs do that. Not all the teams do that. Not all the players do that. I'm just saying, like in general, there are players like that, and there are all clubs that do that. Yeah, not everybody. But you know, uh, if there's somebody that can't afford it, or the family, you know, it puts them in a financial, you know, bind, then is it, then is fine. It, it is expensive. It's not. Cheap. It's ridiculously expensive, and the tournaments keep going up, and the rental fees keep going up, and travel is more expensive, and gas is more expensive to get them over to the tournaments, and the, it's it's uh the problem is that cheap. the tournaments make a lot of money for these these guys that put them together, right? They a make boatload. A, they make it. It's a whole career. Which back when our age, if they had a tournament, it was some like high school director putting it on. Mm-hmm. And he probably wasn't even making money. He was just not a lot. Not to like a couple hundred bucks, maybe. Not to start a career. Right. I mean, these people are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Yeah. Putting on tournaments every weekend. So in their mind, they're like, "Hey, the more tournaments we do, the more money I make. So we're going to do one every weekend." Mm-hmm. But then it just waters down the whole tournament idea. Tournaments become regular season games. Like, these kids can't go play tournaments playing three or four games a day every weekend. I really, yeah. So, our 14U this past weekend played one game Friday, one game Saturday, one game Sunday. Right? Yeah. Made the championship round. Yeah. Had to play three games on uh, Monday to to win the tournament. That's a lot of games in one day. So, my problem is we could have played two on Sunday and two on Monday. Instead, we played at 8, 1030 and two on Sunday, we get done at four and we get there at seven a.m. Hey, you're, that's like five or six hours of playing time for those kids. 
It, games are two hours apiece. So yeah, we're looking at hour. seven hours, six hours plus, yeah. plus warm-ups each game. And, you know, it, it was just – a lot, man. It is. And I don't – I just don't understand it. I don't know why. I mean, we've had 10 U kids play four games in a day because that's what the tournament – if you keep winning, you keep playing. Hour and a half games and you get four games? Like, I, I just – I don't understand, man. But, you know, to play, you kind of have to follow that. And if you don't play, you lose. You don't get the players, right? Yeah. So you don't really have the club anymore. And there's, there's all – I wish I could convince people just to play league play and then play a couple tournaments a year. But all the parents want to play tournaments. Yeah. You're going to get more out of playing league against good teams. Because it's more realistic. You're playing a couple games a week, two, Mm -hmm. three games a week. They have the rest time in between like you're supposed to. It's very rare when you have a doubleheader because it's really hard on the body. But you're going to play more consistently. Yeah. So you don't wait two weeks and play and then wait two weeks and play, right? You play the same number of games spread out over the two-week span. Yeah. You know, you play, let's say, Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday. Now you played four games, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday even. Yeah. One game a day. So you play six games in two weeks. Or you go to a tournament, you play five games in two days. Yeah. And you don't play again for two weeks. It should be like a, a club league, right? Like you just say. We've hey. tried, man. Everybody wants tournaments. Everybody wants tournaments. They wanted rankings. They want. It's just I don't they know. want the shiny trophy, buddy. It's it's. Don't get me started on it. Shiny trophy. I've tried for five years with supposedly the best coaches around here to do this, and it's just been like pulling teeth. Because they think they're these are all ex pro guys too. Like they should get it. They, yeah, you think? Well, they're making money too, right? So some are, some aren't. Yeah, I mean. Doesn't matter. Like you, you can make money playing the league if that was the case. Just run the business different. I believe this right here. If you do something for money, then eventually it's going to run out, or you're gonna, it's going to fail. You're going to fail. But if you do something because you love it, right, then you'll go really far with it. I keep thinking that, yeah. but a lot of the clubs that do it for money or have thirty or forty teams. And yeah. so I don't really know. Well, I need, I need a different approach. I, it just gets so, like, so this I, this weekend, let me give you an example of how club baseball is right now. We are playing a team. We're up 4 nothing in the second to last inning, sixth inning. Yeah. Right? This team rallies. They come back. We make a couple errors. This is our 14-year group. They end up tying the game. Yeah. As they tie the game, we get the third out, and the umpire calls game over we thought there was time left in the game yeah right based on timer so the game ends and the one of the umpires that was in the field walks behind the dugout and calls me over he's like hey i showed that there should have been two minutes left on the clock so i was talking to him well we had three coaches of the game right i was just helping out because i had already coached the other team that day so they go up and shake hands at home plate because that's still a thing and I finished with the umpire, and I walk out, and they were already coming back. So I kind of waved across the field at the coach, like, you know, nice game, whatever, go out and talk. Well, I get up the next morning, and I've got people on Twitter messaging me about what kind of example am I setting, not shaking hands, blah, 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 right? Called me a 
an effing something chump. Right. Like from the other team? The other team. And I don't know who because I, I replied to him. I said, hey, I'd be happy to discuss this with you in person instead of social media. I'll be at the game same time as you today because they played on a different field same time. I was like, I looked for a photo of you. There's nothing on here. So feel free to come introduce yourself and I'll, I'll be happy to talk to you about it. And if, you're, if your team's upset by it, I'd be happy to apologize to them. Yeah. Um, I said there were extenuating cir- circumstances that had me – you know, tied up behind the dugout. Um, I was like, not not to mention the players and the other coaches that were actually coaching the team. You're shook not, your hand, yeah. And he went in to say, whatever, right? I was He's said like, I was a roided up uh, uh, ex major leaguer with uh, some kind of complex. I don't know, whatever. You said I said, like I said, man, I'm not going to argue with over social media. So if you'd like to come talk to me today, I'll be over there. Keyboard warrior, bro. Yeah, he was. And so, through his Twitter page, nothing on there. But this is what I deal with basically every tournament, which is why I hate tournaments. If I could just run practices, I would be the happiest human being on the planet. Yeah. Because you go to a tournament, and you get somebody saying they want to test this guy because of who he is. Just post it on social media. And it's just like, it's not about them. It's so, not about me. It's about the kids. So, um, anyway, the next morning... Uh, we made the championship. They ended up getting in as well as the last seed. We played them and beat them uh, like five nothing, I think. And they got they were getting no hit until the last out. Well, the coach for that team got thrown out in the first inning, ejected, and the parents were going crazy saying I should be ejected because I was standing co- coaching first base, talking to the umpire. So I was manipulating him to make calls. Parents are crazy. Like, dude, I'm talking to an umpire. He was a JUCO umpire, yeah, college umpire that, like, was asking me questions about stuff, and we were literally just talking. Um, so we actually have video of the game that has a one of their parents yelling. They got a balk called on him. We scored a run on it. The kid had balked, like, five times in a row, and the umpire kept warning him. Yeah. Instead of calling it, and then he finally called one. So he gave him warnings. Hey, he Four times he gave him a warning. He, he didn't have to. No. Fifth one, he balked. We ended up scoring a run. Um, and this mom goes, something about that's because that effing coach paid him off. <laughs> paid him. So, like, I heard this during the game, and I walked by the parents. I was like, hey, what is wrong with you guys? I was like, this is the absolute worst experience I've ever had. Yeah. Like, let the kids play baseball, you know? Like, stay out of it. Uh, and so whatever this guy's name was, I don't remember, but I was like, hey, is so-and-so here? Everybody kind of got quiet. I was like, I, I would love to meet you because of what you had to say on social media. So if you'd like to come over after the game, I'll be over here. Yeah. You know, we can, we can talk about whatever. And so we go through game ends, we go through line, and half their kids don't shake hands. They just put their hands down. Oh, they're real tough. And I'm like, okay. Real tough. So I just walked through, and the coach said something, and I was like, listen, whatever you guys are teaching over there is wrong. Yeah. Like, you got to do better. And uh, he's like, coming from a guy who didn't shake hands? And I was like, listen, dude, I told you guys what the deal was. If this is a really big problem, like, I'll apologize to everybody right now. Yeah. There was no intent to be a jerk or to, you know, the umpire director actually called me over behind the dugout, and that's where I was. So, 
But it's just every weekend is this is what you get now. Crazy parents. It's just. It, I, so my sister. So irritated. Her, I was talking to her last week, and she has her son's in club soccer, and there's two parents that just go absolutely nuts every game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the referees for these soccer games, these they're like 16 year old kids. Yeah, refereeing these right. soccer uh-huh. games and like mfing them, just going crazy. So the director of the league sent a letter to the parents. All the parents said, "Hey, listen, if you guys can't be." you know, respectable in the stands, then no parents will be able to go to the game from your team. So everyone got the letter. And my sister's, like, upset because she's like, I didn't do anything. I was sitting there quiet. Mm-hmm. Well, that next game, the parents went crazy again. And she got a phone call saying, you can drop your kid off at the game. You're not allowed to come watch. And she saw the other parents that caused the whole mess. And they were crying and making a big scene and blaming all the other parents that she couldn't watch her own son play. And it's like, you're ruining the game for your own son. Because right. he's out there trying to play if he's good or bad or whatever. whatever Just trying to play. You're ruining it for him. Mm-hmm. You're ruining the experience for him. Like, and the, like the most likely, none of these kids are going to play pro ball. The odds of any of these kids playing is very like they might get go D one play JUCO that mm-hmm. that could happen. But to go all the way like you're just making it a horrible experience for this kid because now he has crazy parents in the stand. All the kids know it. It just it's embarrassing for the kids too. The kids just want to play. And it's a horrible precedent because now they think that behavior is okay. The bad behavior. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't understand parents yelling at children's games. I don't get it. Like, I don't get it at all. I, I don't, like, the game doesn't, in, in perspective, the game means nothing. It doesn't. And I, I'm as guilty as any of them as far as being, like, into it, right? Yeah. Like, I, I get really into games, and when I'm a parent on the sideline, yeah. I'm, like, not, I, I don't say a word. I don't say a word either. When I'm coaching, I'm in it. If I right? see my son do something stupid, I'll I'll say knock it off or you know, mm-hmm. hey, you need a hustle. Like, right. But I'm never like saying, if my son gets knocked down by another player, if like someone, I'm never yelling at the red. Like, I don't care. I want my son to learn. I want him to pick himself up. I want him to like do it on his own, not because his parents are yelling from the stands. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I like. As a coach, I will I will be in it. Yeah, like for sure. I'm, that's kind I'm of as job. intense as I can as it comes. Your it's your job. As a parent, though, I am like, I love being a parent at games. Yeah, I sit back and I don't say a word, and it's like the most fun time that I can have. Because you've been from you've been in the highest pressure you could ever be in, which is a World Series, the most important game ever. I didn't play th- in that one. <laughs> but you've been there. You've been there. But now you're on this side, and you're like, "Hey, we're here to have fun." Yes. This is the, like, if we get to the bigger leagues, you know, then. But even then, if your son's playing in JUCO or if he's playing in D1, ASU, wherever, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be in the stand smiling and enjoying yourself. Because no matter where they're at, if I am not coaching, that's how I'll be. Because 
Do you think you'll influence the outcome of the game? Only negatively. Like, I don't know how the parents think by yelling they're influencing in a positive way the outcome of the game. Yeah. I think I've told you beach volleyball, sand volleyball. Yeah. You cannot coach. You cannot do anything but cheer or you get points taken away. It is the best thing I've ever experienced. That's awesome. It's Club volleyball was not like that, and it's every bit as bad as baseball, which is every bit as bad as football. Yeah. Like the club sports, not even club sports, all sports, now are, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I think we need, I think there needs to be a generational change here. I don't know how to do it. Like, we need to inform parents. We need to, like, hey, listen, we're going inspi- to inspire change where we're just going to be parents that enjoy watching a game. Mm-hmm. We're all going to take Xanax, anxiety medications, and we're going to sit there and enjoy it. You don't want the Xanax? Go get some edibles. Okay? <laughs> but we're going to enjoy this game. We're not going to yell at them. Right. Because it's not helping anybody. But no. I mean, volleyball to me is the most chill, like sand volleyball. Yeah. I loved going to the games because you didn't hear anything. You All you heard play. was clapping. Everybody sat down real chill, and it was like it That's was That's kind of like tennis is, right? Like you listen to tennis know. games, you just hear clapping. I don't know. I've never, I don't, I've I've never watched w- kids play. Oh, you probably get some crazy parents. If, if there's a game with children. And I'll tell you what it is. My opinion on what it is is the amount of money that people spend on it now. Right, they feel, they feel entitled. entitled. I don't know if it's entitled, but they feel like I don't entitled. I don't know if it's the right word, well, but I know what you're saying. It. Like you want, you deserve something in return, or you you have earned the right to to do that, or you want more from them than if it was just a recreational type league. Hey, I'm paying five hundred dollars for this tournament. We're gonna, I'm gonna hold these umpires accountable somehow yeah. they somehow they think they're the people that hold the umpires accountable mm-hmm. now i've seen umpires deserve every bit of what they've gotten too yeah right when they they say certain things to parent we had one last summer um that was calling our catcher names whoa and so i went up and confronted him and he called me some names and so i gave it back to him and then he said something to our parents and it was it was a horrible horrible situation. But five innings prior, I had gone over to the umpire director and said, "Hey, FYI, here's what's going on, and if it continues, there's going to be an issue out here. So something needs to be done. Nothing got done. So it was me. it was ugly. No, like I hated it. I actually kicked two people off the team from that. Really? Yeah. But but. Um, like, I think we were all – I was in the wrong. The parents were in the wrong. The umpire definitely was in the wrong. It was just a bad but, scenario all the way. But I would do it again because I will not let you talk to a kid like that. Yeah, well, like, this was a grown man talking to a kid. You're standing up for so, what you believe is right. That's different than just yelling at an umpire because they call a ball or strike. Yeah, yeah. It's different. I, you, you know, like – Is it? You know, well, it, I, I believe like, it is because I am i won't let it – I told the kid, I'm like, you are free reign to say whatever you want. Like, if he says it again, so throughout the game, I was like, if he says it again, I'm giving you permission to tell me or to, to yeah. fire back. And so he did. Yeah. And, like, I'm okay with it. I want them to stand up for themselves. I don't want them just because it was a, a bigger, older guy. 
like to fold, you know. Yeah. Like you go ahead and stand up for yourself, and I got your back. Well, the thing is, like you have a what fourteen, fifteen year old, mm-hmm. fourteen, telling a thirty year old, forty year old, whatever, maybe like, mm-hmm. hey, what you're doing is wrong. Like that's a wake up call in itself for an adult. Like it, it wasn't at all. He probably got fired. I'm guessing. Well, he did, but I was told he did, but he was actually umpiring the next weekend. So, um, for your game? No, he wouldn't do our games again. But I did see him at the field again. Got weird. For him, I remember these umpires we used to have in Sandy Koufax. They'd come drive their trucks and they'd park the back of them, put the tailgate down, and they'd drink beer before the game, mm-hmm. and then they get trashed after the game. I don't know who drove them home. Oh, they did. <laughs> <laughs> you know they did. <laughs> They're my favorite umpires, though. <laughs> they were always chilled out. They were, they were good. Yeah. Well, that's our show, guys. We I got to get to practice. Sorry. We uh, we wanted to just give you guys kind of an update what's going on in our lives. We definitely went down some holes. A lot of them. Talked about we wanted to get 75 hard in. Talk about that. Talk about hunting. Briefly. Thank you for listening. Sorry if uh, we lost you in the weeds there. With the club, but if you're a parent, maybe you <laughs> Vent, should. We vented. Maybe you should not yell at that. Just enjoy your kids playing ball. Enjoy the time. Watch them and enjoy them. Who cares about the umpire? You know, if your kid doesn't hit the ball, it's okay. Teach them failure and learn learn from it. From their failures, they'll have success, right? We sure hope so. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. They fail. You're gonna have a lot more failures. Like in, in we baseball, want them though. to fail under our tutelage. So, so we can help them out. We don't want them to fail afterwards because we won't be there to help. So, all right, guys. Yep, you got it. See you next time. Later.